The following talk was recorded at Label the Planet 2021 Empowering Users, the annual conference on current issues in ethics, social justice and technology from the Free Software Foundation. Label the Planet is a live conference and speakers often use slides and other visual tools to assist their presentation. You can see the videos of these talks at media.libreplanet.org or on the FSF Peertube channel. Label Planet speakers do not represent the mission of the Free Software Foundation. We host speakers talking about their use of free software in different kinds of political and commercial work. The FSF supports their freedom, but does not take positions on any political issues other than those necessary to uphold the principles of free software. Like all the FSF's work on behalf of the grievance of all computer users, Nemo Planet is made possible by thousands of individuals. To keep our work going, please consider becoming an associate member via my.fsf.org join or making a donation at my.fsf.org donate. You can stay informed by subscribing to our newsletter, The Free Software Supporter, at fsf.org fss and for more information on LibrePlanet, you can visit libreplanet.org conference. Okay. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to this presentation. Uh, this uh, talk is titled uh, Jami and how it empowers users and will be presented by Amin Bandali, a free software activist, a GNU maintainer, a volunteer webmaster for the GNU project and the co-organizer of EmacsConf. Amin is also a free software consultant and savoir-faire Linux working on Jami, which is a free libre truly distributed peer-to-peer -peer solution for universal communication which respects the freedom and privacy of its users. It's an official uh, GNU package uh, with the main goal of uh, providing a framework for virtual communications, including audio, video calling and conferencing, text messaging and file transfer. Being able to communicate online without compromising our software free privacy has become a much larger issue since the coronavirus pandemic began last year. And Zabi is an important step forward in uh, solving uh, these problems. So thank you very much, uh, Amin. Hello, and thank you for the introduction. So let's just jump right in. Um, so yeah, let's talk about Jammy and how it empowers users. So first of all, what is Jammy? So Jammy is a GNU package for universal communication that respects the freedom and privacy of its users. Uh, Jammy is developed by Savoir Faire Linux, headquartered in Montreal, Canada. And so we are a team of free software consultants providing training, consulting, development, and support services for free software technologies. Um, and we do hire from time to time. So if you're interested in career in free software, feel free to check out um, jobs.savoirfairlinux.com um, for any job openings. Uh, that said, today I'm here um, in a personal capacity and I'm not representing Sawafa Linux in any official capacity. So. All right, so with that, uh, let's jump right into some of the high-level features of Jammy. So uh, these include one-on-one -on -one conversations, file sharing, audio-video calls and conferences, uh, screen sharing in video calls and conferences. Uh, you can also record and send audio-video messages. It has a SIP phone functionality, and it is essentially a, a cross-platform communication framework. So I'd like to give a brief um, overview of the architecture of Jammy. So 
Jamie's architecture can be sort of divided into um, three layers. So at the core of it is the Jamie daemon or Libring. Um, it is not user facing and it contains all the connectivity, communication, crypto, media, et cetera, logic. And it interacts with libraries like OpenDHD, PJSIP, FFmpeg, GNU TLS, and so on. And it has several APIs like DBus and JNI through which um, the other layers can communicate with. Then we have the LRC or Libring client, which sort of sits on top of the daemon. It is itself uh, a library and um, tools like, uh, it basically provides uh, shared code for clients across several platforms, um, except for Android. So if you look at the graph at the bottom, we have several uh, Jammy clients, which talk to LRC, which it then talks to the Jammy daemon except for the Android, which directly communicates with the daemon through the um, daemon's uh, JNI APIs. So we say that Jammy is an end-to-end -end encrypted, secure and distributed voice, video and chat communication platform uh, that requires no central server and leaves the power of privacy and freedom in the hands of users. So let's have a look at uh, some network architectures. So uh, we, here we have a topology, a typology of networks, which actually dates back to the early 1960s. And this graph that I have is sort of from a research memorandum by Paul Barron, one of the two independent inventors of packet switching. So on the left, we have a centralized network, a scenario where several nodes talk to one central node, and the presence of that central node is essential. In the middle, we have a decentralized situation where there's not one central node, but there's smaller uh, centralized portions, if you will, several of them in a network. And then ultimately on the right-hand side, we have a distributed network where uh, most of the nodes can talk to each other directly. And there's no inherent um, central authority or server in the network. And this distributed network is one where uh, uh, it's like Jamie's network. So Jamie has a distributed network. And so establishing peer-to-peer -peer communications or connections uh, today in the face of NATs and firewalls can be quite tricky. So how does Jammy achieve distributed communication? Well, it uses OpenDHD, uh, which is at the heart of Jammy's peer-to-peer -peer communication. So OpenDHD is a C++14 uh, distributed hash table implementation. Um, and it has an API similar to, for example, the mainline BitTorrent DHD. And it basically provides an easy to use uh, distributed in-memory uh, key value data store. And so basically kind of like a dictionary, uh, if you're familiar with that term from programming languages, but it's distributed across um, many computers or many nodes on the network um, with redundancy. So some of the features uh, of, of uh, OpenDHD include um, Sorry, include lightweight and uh, it is lightweight and scalable. It's designed for large networks and small devices. It is highly resilient, resilient to network disruption, supports for IPv4 and IPv IPv6. It has a clean and powerful C++14 API based on the map data structure. Um, it has several uh, bindings for several uh, languages like C, Rust, and Python. It has a, a public key crypto layer, which provides optional uh, data signing and encryption using GNU TLS. And it has a REST API um, with optional HTTP client and server and push notification support. So let's say we have a network of users and 
uh, including Alice and Bob here, who want to establish a connection. So this, the larger circle here is our network. Um, and the smaller filled circles are our nodes, like Alice and Bob. So uh, quickly, uh, Bob performs a listen operation on the network, uh, which is typically served by the closest node on the network. And with the 160-bit uh, key being the hash of his public key, so in destroying um, the, uh, the mailbox here represents uh, the key in, the, in that distributed dictionary. And then what Alice does is Alice then performs a put operation at the same key, at the same address, which will, uh, Bob will be immediately notified of and receive that value that was put on the DHT by Alice. And the value that was put on the DHT, which here we're representing with this blue envelope, um, is an encrypted list of ICE candidates, which are basically public and local IP addresses of, of Alice to try and establish a peer-to-peer -peer communication. And this is used to try and establish a peer-to-peer -peer communication using the, the ICE uh, protocol, inter interactive connectivity establishment. And so once that's done, on top of that, we um, establish a, a TLS connection and the TLS connection is authenticated both ways. When what I mean by that is like typically in, in web technologies, TLS, there's only one way authentication. Your client authenticates the server uh, to see if this you know, computer that the web page is being served from is actually who it claims to be. But in Jami, there's, uh, the authentication is in both ways. And both parties exchange certificate chains, chains and check each other's certificates and keys. So now we have a peer-to-peer -peer authenticated end-to-end encrypted connection, including if it's done through a relay via turn. And then so over that, we do SIP using the PJSIP library, and we use it to negotiate call, plan, call and its parameters. So for example, which audio or video codecs to use and so on. And finally, on top of that, uh, once we know the parameters, we use uh, Secure Real-Time Transport Protocol, SRTP, which basically what carry, is what carries uh, the media streams. And I'd like to highlight this key aspect of Jammy that establishing this peer-to-peer -peer ICE communication is done without any uh, use of any central server and instead over this open DHT distributed network. So with a quick architecture overview out of the way, I'd like to um, talk about some important recent or upcoming changes and features. So we are a small team at Sawafa Linux, but um, you know, we, we work pretty hard and um, pretty regularly on Jammy. Um, I mean, it is our full-time job, basically. Uh, so there's a lot of changes and news um, at any given time. So you know, these include some connectivity improvements. For example, there was a recent um, UPnP refactoring in the Jammy daemon, which adds uh, handlers for automatically provisioning port mappings and keeping a pool of the mappings ready for use for incoming and outgoing calls. Um, there's been uh, support for automatic video bitrate adjustment. There's detached host rendezvous points, which I'll get into. Um, notification improvements. As of a couple months ago, there's actually also support for bidirectional text or PD text for short in the chat view and several other improvements that you can see here. Um, so let's have a look at rendezvous points. Um, Jammy has long supported group calls with uh, multiple participants. Our rendezvous point accounts introduced uh, last year take that to the next level and essentially allow you to turn your machine running Jammy into a conference server. 
So rendezvous points can automatically answer incoming calls and by default are in a detached or headless state, which basically what it means is that the um, computer running that Jammy instance itself doesn't necessarily have to participate, like as in sharing um, its audio or video. It can be merely like acting like a server. Um, and you can create new rendezvous points uh, accounts or just easily turn any existing Jammy account into a new rendezvous point from the account settings page. And I think rendezvous points help empower people who don't have the means or interest necessarily in setting up and running um, instances of, uh, you know, self-hosted instances of other free Libre conferencing tools like Jitsi and BigBlueButton, as wonderful as they are, um, because, you know, they can be kind of tricky to set up and maintain. Whereas with Jammy, you know, you install Jammy from your uh, distro's package manager and basically you're good to go. So, um, plugins. So these are a new addition to the Jammy universe. Um, they're written in C++ using the chat handler and the media handler APIs of the Jammy daemon. And there is a new Python SDK for easily creating new plugins from skeleton projects. So for example, there is an audio filter plugin, which has audio related filters for audio and video calls and um, you know, includes um, things like a reverb effect. So here's a screenshot of the auto answer plugin, which is a chatbot like plugin for automated replies. So you can basically define a set of um, prompts and responses. And whenever um, one of these uh, strings comes in, one of these prompts, uh, the bot will automatically send the reply to the user. Um, there is a green screen plugin, which is actually uh, uses, which uses um, neural networks um, for adding a green screen effect of putting you in the foreground of an image. And I think it's worth mentioning that, um, worth noting that the green screen, green screen feature of many other conferencing tools are either non-free or perhaps worse, they are SaaS service as a software substitute, meaning that they send the data, the video feed to remote servers and do the processing there. Whereas the Jammy green screen plugin, on the other hand, itself is free software and does all the processing locally on your own machine. Um, there's also a new uh, watermark plugin, which enables you to add uh, a watermark watermark in video calls. Watermarks can be images and it can additionally contain um, location, date and time as well. So here the watermark is at the bottom left, but I just uh, put a lar enlarged um, version of it here as well to be more easily visible. Um, yeah, so you can discover more Jammy plugins at uh, jammy.net slash plugins. And, you know, if you're interested in getting started hacking on plugins and creating your own, we do have a tutorial um, that walks you through setting things up and writing a simple plugin that draws a circle at the center of the frame in video calls. Um, you can learn all about that at jammy.net slash plugins dash SDK. Um, and we think that plugins API can be a really useful method for extending Jammy's behavior with regards to text and audio video call processing and distributing your changes to others without necessarily concerning yourself with all the other parts of the Jammy daemon code base. Um, so another neat feature um, is Jams or Jammy account management server. 
And this enables organizations to manage their own community of Jammy users while taking advantage of Jammy's inherent distributed architecture. So Jams can, uh, has several modes of operation. It can either run standalone and use its own local database, but it can also integrate with any existing um, LDAP or Active Directory installation and allows managing contact lists and pushing specific configurations to groups of users. Um, and offering uh, paid commercial support for uh, Jams is um, one of the um, Southfield Linux's offerings. So to be clear, Jams is free software, free Libre software, much like Jammy itself. So before I can explain a little bit more about Jams, let's talk about how Jammy uh, authenticates users and ma uh, manages accounts in a non-centralized way um, outside the Jams setting. And that is using X519 certificates and certificate chains. So here we have Alice, um, who has uh, three devices. And basically her account has one certificate um, who, in the case of not using Jams, it is self-signed. And that certificate is used to sign each of the new devices, each of her new devices, I should say. Um, and that's the innovation behind Jammy is that it extends the use of um, X519 certificates and certificate chains to device management as well, which and this is how we handle, you know, multiple accounts, sorry, multiple devices per one account. And then um, it disenables uh, Alice to revoke any of her devices whenever she wants. And contact management is done similarly to OpenSSH, where, you know, with OpenSSH, there's uh, each computer has a set of known hosts, so to speak, or kind of like a contact list. And you add the public keys of servers that you trust or you want to add to those lists. Uh, to that file. And it's a similar thing with Jammy. Whenever you add a new, add a new contact, you're essentially adding their public key um, to, to your list of uh, known contacts. And so what Jams does, going back to Jams, is it brings into picture a certificate authority here represented with the yellow uh, square and basically enabling organizations to manage and revoke users and so on. So um, kind of like you know, any traditional certificate authority, um, like Let's Encrypt is a very popular one. With Jams, each organization can be their own certificate authority, and the Jams server will fulfill CSRs or certificate signing requests for users uh, using that uh, certificate authority. Um, and when using Jammy outside this kind of setting, as I mentioned, account certificates are self-signed. Um, yeah, so here we have, let's say, an organization with Bob and Cheyenne. Bob has one device, Cheyenne has two devices, and the accounts of Bob and Cheyenne are, um, uh, the, the certificates are signed with the, um, the, the private key of the certificate authority of the organization, and it indicates that they're part of that organization. Um, and, you know, this enables sort of a mixed, dis um, a hybrid between distributed and centralized authentication. Um, in an organizational setting, it allows authenticating users and members of the same organization or even another organization you're working with, if configured. And so Jams addresses the use case and helps empower the Jammy users to form and manage their own smaller communities in a hybrid way. And yeah, so Jams also includes support for username lookups, which are normally uh, done 
on on the uh, Jammy name server. So one of the new things that we're introducing uh, or that we introduced recently is the new Qt-based Jammy Qt client or Qt. Uh, so here are a few screenshots. If you're curious to see it, the, there is the contact list on the left, of course, and the main window on the right. Here, uh, there is the chat view on the right, uh, which is familiar from the you know Jammy GNOME client. Looks fairly similar. Uh, here's the account settings view, and here's the, the general settings view. So, um, moderation. So this is one of the new features that's implemented in the new Jammy Qt client. So with the pandemic and everything going on and a lot of classrooms or just in general gatherings moving um, into the online space and becoming virtual, there's need for some form of um, moderation in, in conference settings, conference call settings. And with the Jammy Qt client, um, so here there's only one user I'm showing here, but basically um, there can you can have multiple moderators in, in each conference call who can mute users um, or can kick them, disconnect them basically if needed. Uh, this is currently only um, uh, implemented in Jammy Qt on, on the computer, on what our computer uh, clients, um, but there is plan to implement it for Jammy GNOME as well. It is of course implemented in um, the Android client, I believe, as well. And this brings us to one of perhaps one of the most exciting new features um, and exciting news in Jammy, which is Swarm Chat. So currently, Jammy supports linking multiple devices to a single account. However, as most Jammy users already know and would <laughs> gladly point it out to you, our message histories are not synchronized between um, several devices. And this has been an important missing feature and probably the most frequently requested one so far, along with group chats. And there's been a reason uh, where it uh, hasn't been available thus far. It's been missing. And it's because implementing these in a fully distributed setting like Jammy is actually a real challenge because it needs to be done without any central server or authority. And so there's a lot of different use cases and uh, edge cases to, to be considered. And the Jammy team is proud to introduce Swarm Chats to address the use case. So Swarms are basically fully distributed peer-to-peer -peer text conversations with a potentially unlimited number of participants. And they're correct, uh, characterized by the following features. So they handle splitting and merging based on connectivity. So let's say in a group setting, there are multiple people and some of them fall off the main network for some reason. Uh, they can continue discussing with each other as long as they're connected in a smaller network, like in a LAN. And then once they connect again to the group, then default their history will be synchronized with the others and vice versa, which is pretty cool. Um, so there's message history synchronization. Um, so this is awesome. It finally brings, um, you know, synchronizing history across several devices, uh, which has been a long, long-standing uh, requested feature. All the while, without any, you know, central authority or server. And also each device is able to um, verify the validity of all their messages and basically replay the whole story. It has perfect forward secrecy during transport, 
which is basically the assurance that session keys will not be compromised even if the, the longer term secrets used in the key exchange for session initiation is comp uh, are compromised. In other words, that potential future compromises of these longer term keys does not affect the secrecy of past sessions. And finally, um, device local storage, meaning that all of the conversation history is stored locally on each device for each participant, not on some uh, remote server. So we are envisioning four modes of operations for Swarm Chats. So there's the one-to-one, -one, which is basically a one-on-one -on -one conversation with any other Jammy user. Um, there's the admin invite only, which, for example, addresses the use case of a classroom where the teacher is the admin of a group and, and can invite people, but not the students. Uh, there's the invite only, which is basically a private group of friends, but any one of them can invite new people uh, into the conversation. And finally, there's the public uh, use case, which is basically like a public chat forum. Um, so, okay, all of this is good and great, but how do we actually achieve this? Um, so the idea is to maintain a synchronized Merkle tree of messages. So to give a quick introduction, a Merkle tree or a hash tree basically invented by Ralph, um, Ralph Merkle in 1979 is a tree where each leaf node is labeled with the crypto hash of a piece of data. And then each parent node is labeled with the crypto hash of the labels of its children. And so these have a nice property that verifying whether a given leaf node is part of the tree has logarithmic complexity. And what that means basically is that hash computations are proportional to the logarithm of the number of uh, leaf nodes. And as you might know, logarithmic functions grow very slowly. So this means that the operation, this operation is very fast. And so Merkle trees have actually applications, applications in wide areas of computing, including file systems like ButterFS and ZFS um, databases and distributed peer-to-peer -peer systems like Git and Mercur Mercurial. Um, so how do we implement or basically uh, realize this idea of using Merkle trees? Well, we decided to go with Git and have each conversation be a Git repository. I know it might sound natural, <laughs> um, but it's actually been quite an innovation on the, on the part of the Jammy team. Um, so let's, um, have a quick look at some of the reasons for using Git. So basically we have the need to synchronize and order messages. And you know the Merkle tree data structure helps us do just that. And they can be linearized by merging branches. Um, you know, in the literal sense like with Git. Um, these are widely used by Git, and so they're pretty easy to serialize and synchronize between multiple devices. Um, Git, much like Jammy, is distributed by nature. Um, so unlike some of the older um, source uh, or revision control systems where there was a central server that others necessarily had to pull through, as we know, that's not the case with Git and anyone can pull from um, any other copy of the repository. There is no need to, for there to be a central one. Um, Git, of course, is widely used and popular, and so this means that there's much potential for further development and extension around Jammy's use of Git in the future. It can verify commits using ho uh, hooks and crypto signatures. Uh, Git repositories can be stored in a database if needed. 
And so finally, conflicts arising from splits and mergers are much better handled by using commit messages rather than files. And what I mean by that is for swarm conversations, basically each message is a commit uh, is stored in a git commit message rather than in a file. Um, yeah. So, and then all Git operations and control messages and files, et cetera, these are all um, transferred and done, communicated over a peer-to-peer -peer TLS 1.3 connection and using only ciphers that guarantee perfect forward secrecy being used. So basically keys are renegotiated for each new session. So I guess time for a little demo. Let's see if I can share the demo video. And I will explain what is going on. Okay, so here we have the Jammy Qt client. Um, you have an account. We're searching for the test account. Um, let's see. Once it is added, we're going to add it in another account as well or another device. And here we're just writing this conversation will be synchronized um, in one of the accounts. And now what we will do is go to settings, um, add another um, account or actually another device for the same account. So this will kind of be a um, multi-device situation where um, you have one jam client on one machine and one on, on another machine and um, you want the histories to be synchronized. So let's say we're on the other machine now, we add a new device to the same account uh, which is what's happening right now. And let's see. So the message history is not here on the new device. So we switch back to the old device and connect it back to the network again. So we temporarily disabled it so we could actually demo it. And then with that enabled, now the history will be synchronized. And voila, there's the uh, chat history from the other device, but now in this in this device. Okay, let's share my screen again. Okay, so that's swarms. So we were, pla uh, we were planning on uh, rolling out swarms in three phases. Uh, the first phase is for new one-on-one -on -one conversations, um, which basically means mainly enabling history synchronization across devices. Um, so, so far we've put out uh, technical previews of the swarm um, of clients and daemon with the Swarm functionality enabled. Um, but very soon we will be doing uh, public betas. And if you install Jammy from our repositories on jammy.net, then you will uh, basically get these previews and we'll be able to uh, synchronize message histories across devices for new conversations. Um, yeah, so the second phase of the rollout will be basically group conversations or group messages but with a limited maximum number of users. So we're currently thinking about eight users. And this is to sort of give us a buffering window and allow us to um, roll out our code, um, have people pull it, test it to see how well it works um, within this limited number of users and help us hopefully, you know, report bugs so we can fix any potential bugs. And um, ultimately the third uh, stage which is to increase and hopefully lift that um, limited number of users and also implement public groups. 
So um, you can download the Jamie Qt client, which I showed a few um, screenshots of, and has uh, support for swarms from jamie.net slash download. Uh, we're in the process of packaging it for multiple distributions, you know, for RPM-based distros, for debt-based distros, and so on. And we will soon be enabling the rolling out of um, the, the swarm functionality. So you could test that in, as well. And we would much appreciate if you would uh, report bugs to us so we could fix them. Um, with that, I'd like to get into the community aspect a little bit. So I'm very happy to say that I think we have a healthy and uh, growing uh, community around Jammy, and we would love to have you with us as well. So folks ask, okay, how can I get involved in the community around Jammy? So here are some ways. So you can uh, open up jammy.net, which is the main Jammy website, and it has uh, blog posts and articles from the Jammy team with the uh, latest news about Jammy. Um, you can uh, browse or visit forum.jammy.net, which is a Jammy forum using Discourse. And um, Discourse, to be sure, not Discord, <laughs> um, Discourse. And uh, you know the Jammy forum is for discussing Jammy, getting help, and helping others. Um, of course, you can use the public mailing list for that, which is jammy at gnu.org. Um, and then we also have an IRC channel on Freenode which is pound jammy, um, which is pretty cool for uh, useful for quick questions or chatting with other jammy users and developers. Um, it's reasonably active. We are a small channel, but um, there's always some chatter. So we'd love to have you around as well. Uh, you can report bugs, of course, on git.jammy.net. Uh, this will be crucial and much appreciated uh, when swarms are uh, rolled out. You can send patches on review.jammy.net, our own Garrett instance. Um, you know, I'd love to receive patches to Jammy GNOME, for example, and help from the community to maintain it. So, you know, with the introduction of Jammy Qt client, uh, most of the focus in the core Jammy team has shifted to the new Jammy cl uh, Qt client and having it be a cross-platform client uh, across multiple operating systems. Um, but I will still be continuing um, maintaining uh, Jammy GNOME. And I would, of course, appreciate patches uh, if, if you would like to contribute to, to the free software GNU package that is Jammy. Um, let's see. We have docs.jammy.net, uh, which is documentation about Jammy. You could help write and improve documentation for Jammy. Uh, I talked about plugins, so um, I would love it if you would write and share your own plugins. Feel free to get in touch with us or you know, post on the forum or on the mailing list uh, about your new plugins. Um, you can help translate Jammy to your language or languages um, if you speak multiple languages besides English. We actually already have uh, translations of Jammy into several languages, but we would love to have more. So that is one area you could contribute. Um, of course, you can help package Jammy in your GNU Linux distribution. So the Jammy core team being a very small team, there's only so many distros that we can package um, uh, or provide packages for ourselves. Um, we would of course love it if, like when the, the wider community takes some packaging Jammy for their distros, for example, the GNU Geeks package um, is contributed by the community. And so, and the same for uh, many other distros. Um, we would be happy to list 
the community provided packages on jammy.net um, when you get around to doing it. And of course, last but not least, use Jammy um, help, and help us spread the word about it. And that's about it. Thank you. And I will gladly take questions um, if there are any. So I return here, and I mean, thanks a lot for your wonderful presentation and uh, the work you're doing on Jami. It was uh, very interesting, and uh, I would like to relay some uh, questions from uh, the IRC channel. So uh, one uh, question asks about how big uh, video conferences does it support, and uh, if it uh, supports special features like uh, giving access to the microphone from a moderator and. Uh, such uh, capabilities right um let's see so i believe um the largest conference that i know of that's been tested that we've tested in our team is about 14 or 15 people but i uh, i don't think that's necessarily the ceiling like the limitation of it um i or we haven't tested it in with like larger numbers but if you do please do let me know let us know we'd be interested to know um essentially um the, the bottleneck, so to speak, here is the, the, the main host of the conference because um, they need to have good CPU and good bandwidth uh, to, to be able to pull in all the uh, connections from the other participants and then stream it back out to, to each of them. Um, and as for moderation features, um, yeah, so there's, we, as I mentioned, we recently added moderation in the Jammy Qt client. I'm also planning on implementing it in Jammy GNOME. And, um, so as far as I know, um, moderators cannot unmute a participant, which I think is a good idea, um, but they can mute someone if necessary. Um, yeah, or, or kick them out of the call if needed. And I think, I believe that's uh, the, the extent of the, the moderation fe uh, features that we do have at the moment. Um, if you have any other requests or other moderation features you would like to see, uh, please feel free to report them. Um, or you can email me personally, for example, at uh, bandeli at .org, and we can talk about it. Perfect. Another question was, uh, are there any guide bindings for Jami? Um, I don't think so. Um, so the Jami daemon itself is mainly written in C++. Um, so I guess uh, writing guile, bind guile bindings um, would require for you to try and interface with that. Or um, you can actually use um, one of the, the uh, Jammy Daemon APIs, like Dbus, for example, to talk about it. Um, if there is a Guile Dbus API, um, library, you could use that to interface with the, with the daemon. Thank you, Lut. Uh, another question. Uh, was about IoT systems and how mm -hmm. Jami can be used as a foundation for this and if you're familiar with this use. Right. So I'm personally not too familiar myself, but I do know that in in the company, in Salafa Linux, we do have several teams, um, or at least one team, several people that are uh, that have worked in on integrating Jami in an sort of um, in smaller embedded devices. Um, so I would say it is certainly possible, um, but I myself am not too familiar with it. Um, if you would like to contact the team and ask, you can email contact at jammy.net 
um, and hopefully, you know, the team will be able to get you some answers. Another question is about the Qt client and if it still mm -hmm. uses uh, Chromium. Um, right. So um, the Qt client at the moment uses Qt Web Engine or Qt Web Engine, uh, which I believe embeds Chromium. So there's a potential freedom issue here. Um, I, I do. I am aware that several um, FSDG distros, for example, like Parabola, uh, refuse to package. Uh, Chromium and, and Web Engine on the grounds of dubious licensing or just not being certain. Um, there's a bit of, um, I guess, this is a bit of a point of contention across the FSCG distros, because I do know that some other ones do package Chromium, not at least in its original form. For example, I know that GNU Geeks packages a on Google Chromium with some additional patches, which basically strips out all of the you know Google junk uh, from Chromium. And um, I believe also some other potentially non-free parts. I don't know too well. Um, but yes, so at the, at the moment, Qt client uh, does rely on a web engine. But I've actually opened a future request for adding support for Qt WebKit, um, which does not bundle Chromium, essentially. Um, I opened an issue for this a couple of weeks ago, or maybe one or two months ago. Um, so yeah, we do. We are aware of that, and um, you know, I would be interested in having support for uh, Qt WebKit if it does turn out, for example, that um, Web Engine does really have freedom issues. Like once there's no more doubt about it between the FSTG distros. Um, yeah. So in short, we are aware, but and we are hoping to add uh, Qt WebKit support at some point. Perfect. Another question, uh, although you kind of answered it, it was about the Jami GNOME uh, client and if there are any developments on this. Right. So um, most of the team, as I briefly mentioned, um, their focus, um, the, the ones, the, the members who work on clients um, on, on the computer computer platforms is basically the focus is on Jami Qt. Um, but myself, um, you know, I'm part of the core team, and at the, for the moment, I continue working on Jammy Gnome um, with a bit of a lower priority than other tasks. So, for example, recently, my main priority was um, writing a dev package for the new Jammy Qt client, and that um, took priority over me working on Jammy Gnome. But yes, for the foreseeable future, I will be working on Jammy Gnome and maintaining it, and would love to accept patches from the community as well. Perfect, very nice. And uh, another question uh, was about uh, how can you join a, a conference or a talk in Jami without having to install anything like uh, Jitsi, for example, and if uh, this is available? Right. So um, at the moment with Jami, you do have to install it um, from your package manager, for example. Um, so using your package manager. Um, and we don't have an in-browser version just yet, but I do believe that the team um, was at some point, or maybe still is, working on um, bringing Jammy into the browser, so using WebRTC, I believe. Um, so yeah, that's still an area we're exploring, um, but um, at this very moment, it is not possible. Uh, you do have to have um, Jammy, the daemon, and the client installed um, on your GNU Linux machine or your other any of the other platforms that we support. 
Perfect. There were many questions about the syncing features, but I think that uh, you covered them pretty well in your presentation. So if someone wants to ask something more particular, we have a few more minutes about this. And uh, I sure. want to give another question about uh, do people do do people need to be simultaneously online to be able to exchange messages? This was another question on the usability. Right. So at the moment, I would say almost yes. So messages are relayed through the OpenDHT network. And um, so with the OpenDHT, there is a time to leave of either 10 minutes or 20 minutes. I can't remember off the top of my head, which if you average it, there's like five to 10 minutes. Um, so um, where the two, where both parties need to be online. Now, if the person you're messaging is offline, but you continue to stay connected and then later on they come back uh, because your client uh, retries to send a message um, they will eventually receive it um, if if you're both disconnected there is a five or ten minute window which I mentioned where um, five or ten minutes after the second party disconnects um, if the other party connects they can still receive the message but after that no but then after a while once the person who was sending the message comes online, then their client will, uh, sorry, their jammy daemon will retry sending the message periodically up to, I believe, for a week. So, um, yeah, essentially until their um, availability of the, the, the two uh, parties collide and uh, the message is relayed. Um, I'm not entirely sure how that use case will be with the new Swarm feature because I myself, I'm not too familiar with the implementation details. Uh, but feel free to, um, you know, ask on the mailing list or come by the Jammy channel where um, Sebastian, one of the, uh, the, basically the main developer of the Swarm feature hangs out and hopefully he'll be able to answer that question. Perfect. I think we have uh, time uh, for uh, one or two more questions. We'll see. Another sure. question is about uh, a comparison to, to the Matrix uh, protocol and uh, how mm -hmm. you feel Jammy and Matrix uh, compete in this area? Right. Um, I should say I don't have a good answer off the top of my head. Um, I've heard from several people that the, the matrix protocol is a bit bloated. Um, don't take my word for it. Again, I'm not familiar. Uh, it's just what I've heard from several people. Um, um, that, that is not to say that matrix isn't a great piece of software. And I think, you know, it plays an important role um, and helps, you know, uh, for example, with bridging IRC, uh, if people don't want necessarily don't want to use IRC clients, they can connect from matrix. So it's great in that regard. Um, yeah, I would just say I, I don't have a good answer to that. Um, if you would like to follow up with me um, via email or IRC, I'd be happy to chat about it later and see if I can educate myself to, to help to be able to answer that question. Yes, and I think this wraps it up for this presentation. Thanks, uh, I mean, Bandali again for uh, this wonderful presentation and his work. Uh, and uh, uh, thanks all of you for participating. Thank you, and thank you, Dimash.